Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The highest manifestation of God is that of his word. This day, Father, let the entrance of your word bring light and understanding to the simple. We receive for everyone under the sound of my voice. Inspiration. Illumination. Revelation. Let your word have its place in our lives. And let it take root downwards and produce fruit upwards. In the days to come, in Jesus' mighty name and the people said. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in his presence. As I said earlier, by the special grace of God, the Dominion Partners Annual Conference 2019 is a multi-course meal, 7, 8, 9. This morning, you will all be served the starter. And Wednesday through Saturday, the remaining items on the menu will be served. Our theme for this year's conference is The Secret of Good Success. Say that with me. Your whole voice is not up to mine. What is the theme for this year's annual conference? The Secret of Success. We will unravel in the course of the conference the one thing that will make good success a reality in your life in Jesus' mighty name. What is that one thing? Please turn your Bible with me to 1 Kings chapter 20. I'll read from verse 35 to 43. 1 Kings 20, 35 to 43, and then we're going to the New Testament, and I'll read from Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. 1 Kings 20, 35 to 43, and Luke 10, 38 to 42. I begin to read with 1 Kings 20, 35 to 43, before proceeding to Luke chapter 10. It reads, and I quote, Now a certain man... Of the sons of the prophets said to his neighbor, by the word of the Lord, strike me, please. Are you listening to this? One of the sons of the prophets said to his neighbor, by the word of the Lord, strike me, please. And maybe the neighbor has read, touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. 
But he did not know he was speaking to him by the word of the Lord. And the man refused to strike him. Why should I strike you? But he did not realize he was speaking by the word of the Lord. Then he said to him, the prophet, because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, surely as soon as you depart from me, a lion shall kill you. And as soon as he left him, a lion found him and killed him. Now, I can see all goose pimples in your body. This is the reason why true prophets enter a city or a nation, they tremble. The one false prophets and rapists take over the land, nothing happens. Strike me! He refused. A lion will kill you. And a lion killed him. Then the prophet found another man and said, Strike me, please! I said, Lion, don't bite me. He struck him in such a way that he inflicted a wound. Are you ready to obey God? We really don't know God. We don't. We just pretend that we do. But for the mercy of the Lord and the sacrifice of Jesus, none of us can stand. Then the prophet departed and waited for the king by the road and disguised himself with a bandage over his eyes. Now as the king passed, this is King Ahab, as the king passed by, he cried out to the king and said, your servant went out into the midst of the battle and there a man came over and brought a man to me and said, God this man. What's the instruction? God this man. If by any means is missing, your life shall be for his life, or else you shall pay a talent of silver. That's a lot of money back then. Why your servant was busy here and there. Say, <laughs> so why your servant was multitasking? Why your servant was busy here and there? He was gone. Then the king of Israel said to him, So shall your judgment be. You yourself have decided it. And he hastened to take the bandage away from his eyes. And the king of Israel recognized him as one of the prophets. Then he said to him, Thus says the Lord, Because you have let sleep out of your hand a man whom I appointed to utter destruction, therefore your life shall go for his life and your people for his people. So the king of Israel went to his house, sullen and displeased, and came to Samaria. You know, when you are in vision, you stumble in judgment. And what is the verdict? What follows? You go from evil to evil. The next chapter, he was looking for Naboth's vineyard. That eventually spelled 
is due. But I want you to pay attention to how the prophet described what happened there. He said, you are busy here and there. Now let's go to Luke chapter 10. The book of Luke. Chapter number 10, beginning from verse 38 to 42. It reads, and I quote, Now it happened as they went, that is Jesus and his disciples, as they went, that he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him, that is Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sisters left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Why can't you speak to your sister yourself? Tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. How many things? I can't hear you. What's the secret of good success? One thing. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. My message today is titled Focus. Focus, a critical factor in the success equation. Say that with me. Focus, a critical factor. In the success equation. Oh, you're not saying it like I want to hear it. One tenth of the congregation said it. Focus, a critical factor in the success equation. Please note that I didn't say that focus is the one secret. That's not a secret. I simply said focus is a critical factor in the success equation. You will get to know the secret of good success just one in the course of the week. I'm whetting your appetite. I'm simply serving this first course this morning to deliver this generation, especially those called the millennials, from a self-inflicted plague. A self-inflicted plague. This plague is so widespread among the millennials because they have embraced it as a philosophy of life and philosophy of work. Does anyone know what the name of the plague is? It is called multitasking. Tell your neighbor, stop fooling yourself. Multitasking is a scam. 
Okay, I've lost 80% of the congregation. The millennials are now combat ready. <laughs> I know them, I can see their faces. Tolu? Yeah. Fishes. Yeah. Rotimax. How can you tell the whole world that our philosophy of work and life and, and our prisoner strategies is calm? Multitasking is a scam. From the parable of the prophet that we just read in 1 Kings 20, 39 and 40. Let's see it again. 1 Kings 20, 39 and 40. Now as the kings passed by, he cried out to the king and said, Your servant went out into the midst of the battle. And there a man came over and brought a man to me and said, God, this man, you enter the office, your, your, your boss or your, your leader said, do this. But why you are doing that? You are checking email. You are checking uh, WhatsApp. You are typing this and typing that. And by the time he gets, how far have you gone? I'll soon finish up. I'll soon. You are distracted. If my enemies is missing, your life shall be for his life, or else he shall pay a talent of silver. Why your servant was busy? How? Yeah. I can't hear you. Yeah. Why your servant was busy here and there? He was gone. Then the king of Israel said to him, So shall your judgment be. You yourselves have decided it. The import of that parable story may be lost on you except you know the story behind the story. In 1 Kings chapter 20 verse number 1, Ben-Hadad, whose name means son of thunder, spoke like God. And sent a message to the king of Israel. Do you know what he said to him? Thou said Ben Hadad. Your gold is mine. See this is why you lose your things. Uh, to distraction. Your gold is mine. Your silver is mine. Your loveless wife are mine. Your loveless children are mine. And the king of Israel consented. As you have said. So it shall be. I don't want any trouble. Carry them go. Give me 1 Kings 21. And the king of Israel. 1 Kings 21. Now Ben-Hadad the king of Syria. Gathered all his forces together. 32 kings were with him. With horses and chariots. And he went up and besieged Samaria. And made war against it. Then he sent messengers into the city. To Ahab king of Israel. And said to him. says, Who speaks like this? When prophets want to quote what God had said is when they say, Don't say, don't say the Lord. Ben Hadad occupied not just the office of God, but he sent his messengers to speak that he was speaking. Don't say Ben Hadad. You know, when I see men in power talk like they are drunk, I just pity them that they are becoming animals like Nebuchadnezzar. Don't say Ben Hadad, your silver. And your gold are mine. Your loveless, not the ugly ones. <laughs> I'm not calling anybody ugly. Don't take it out of me. If you are not lovely, go find out how to be lovely. Your loveless wives, even the wicked know what is good. Your loveless wives and children are mine. And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, just as you say, 
I and all that I have are yours. Minus me. Stand to your feet this morning. Satan, you can have my gold. Satan, you cannot have my silver. Satan, you cannot have my family. In the name of Jesus. My gold is not yours. My silver is not yours. My family is not yours. You cannot keep my goods. I'm taking everything back. In the name of Jesus. My gold is not yours. My silver is not yours. My family is not yours. Well, Ben Hadad was not satisfied with the response of the king. He sent his messengers back. So now that you have considered defeat, I will, I will raise the temple. I'm sending my servants to pick whatever is suitable or satisfactory to them. I will not let you just send anything to me. Give me the next verse. Then the messengers came back and said, Don't speak Ben Hadad, saying, Indeed I sent to you, saying, You shall deliver to me your silver and your gold, your wives and your children. But I will send my servants to you tomorrow about this time, and they shall search your house and the houses of your servants, and it shall be that whatever is pleasant in your eyes, they will know when they touch it. <laughs> Leave that one, I draw. They'll know. Whatever is pleasant in your eyes, they will put it in their hands and take it. When this message was sent back to Ahab, he knew immediately he needed the help of elders. That he could not handle this all by himself. Next, so the king of Israel called all the elders of the land and said, Notice, please, and see how this man seeks trouble. For he sent to me for my wives. My children, do you know how he arranged it? It's not the way Ben Haddad arranged it. <laughs> ben Haddad arranged it in this order. Gold, silver, wives, children. He started saying, <laughs> wives, my children, my silver, and my gold. Because if you still have relationship, you can get all those things back. If you have quality relationship. And I did not deny him. And all the elders and all the people said to him, do not listen or consent. Ah. You know who we are talking about? Ben Hadad. Son of thunder. With 32 kings. Against one king. And chariots. And horses. Said, do not consent. Therefore he said to the messengers of Ben Hadad. Tell my lord the king. He didn't tell them that I'm not consenting. Tell my lord the king. All that you sent to your servant the first time. I will do. But this thing I cannot do. And the messengers departed and brought back word to him. Why don't they just fight instead of talking? Mm. And Behada sent to him and said, The gods do so to me. And more also, if enough dust is left of Samaria for a handful for each of the people who follow me. We are coming we are sucking everything. We are destroying everything. By the time I finish, there will not be enough dust to fill a hand. <laughs> so the king of Israel answered and said, Tell him, Let not the one who puts on his hammer boast like the one who takes it off. <laughs> Do you get that? 
Shakara Oluji. Tell him. Is we wearing the ammo? I do not have any. But let him not boast until he takes it off. And it happened when Ben Hadad had this message as he and the kings were drinking at the command post, drunkard, that he said to his servant, Get ready, and they got ready to attack the city. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Suddenly. This is what's about to hit Nigeria. Amen. I can't hear your amen. amen. I cannot hear your amen. amen. Suddenly, a prophet approached Ahab, king of Israel, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you seen all this great multitude? Behold, I will deliver it to your hand today. And you shall know that I am the Lord. You are the Lord. That is your name. You will never give with anyone. You will never share your glory with anybody. Almighty God. That is your name. I feel like dancing. You are the Lord. That is your name. You will never glory with anyone. You will never share your glory with anybody. Almighty God. That is your name. You are the Lord. That is your name. You will never share your glory Long story called short, the Lord delivered Israel from the hands of Ben Haddad and his fellow drunkards. How did it happen? Suddenly. Look, Nigeria is about to sing a song. You want me to tell you the song? Are you ready to sing it? Bye bye to Regbe Regbe. Bye bye to Boko Haram. Bye bye to Kidnapazo. Ni Nigeria. Bye bye to Jagajaga. Ni Nigeria. Bye bye to Ni Nigeria. Bye bye to In that day, it will not be the Nigerian army running from Boko Haram. It will be Boko Haram running away. 
I announce to you that there will be a change of God. The enemies you see today, you will see them no more. In the mighty name of Jesus. Suddenly, a prophet showed up from nowhere. So these multitudes, the Lord will give them to your hands so that you will know he is the Lord. When, when God introduced himself to Moses, he said, by my name, Jehovah, I introduce myself to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but not by my name, the Lord. It does not mean that Moses was superior to Abraham, Isaac. No, a proper revelation for a proper generation. Do you understand me? <laughs> mm. They were so defeated that Ben Haddad fled. Read the rest of the story yourself. He fled. But subsequently, Ben Haddad and the rest of his <laughs> scallywags, you know scallywags? You don't know. My stepmother would tell you about scallywags. And your scallywags, I don't care for that. That's my statement. My And I don't care for All he's saying is, you are a scallywag. I don't care for that. I don't care for that. Ben Haddad, they went to their own school, okay. Ben Haddad regrouped on a false premise and a false rumor that had no foundation in truth. I will show They regrouped after they were defeated. First Kings chapter 20, verse 23. First Kings 20, 23. Then the servants of the king of Syria said to him, Their gods are gods of the hills. Therefore, they were stronger than we, but if we fight against them in the plain, surely we'll be stronger than they. So do this thing, dismiss the kings, each from his position, and put captains in their places. So tell your neighbor, there will be a change of God. There will be a change of God. For I want no man, The terror of the Lord Stronger than the terror of the terrorists. Rahab declared, Your terror had fallen upon us. When God ordered Jacob to return to Bethel, He said, The terror of God fell upon the people and nobody came near them. I'm releasing and activating the terror of God upon the terrorists. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's read. And you shall muster an army like the army that you have lost. Horse for horse and chariot for chariot. Then we will fight against them in the plain. Surely we will be stronger than they. And he listened to their voice and did so. So it was in the spring of the year that Ben-Hadad mustered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. Was Ahab aware of this? He was. Give me verse 21. He was. God is always a step of the enemy. 
Then the king of Israel went out and attacked the horses and chariots and killed the Syrians with a great slaughter. And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said to him, Go strengthen yourself, take note, and see what you should do. For in the spring of the year, the king of Syria will come up against you. God is always is, is on top of this game. You cannot crowd God out of history. We know what will happen. That's why we are sleeping. Yes, sir. It's called God confidence. Not self-confidence. You know he's in charge. You're not perturbed. You're not worried. If you don't believe, go to Oregon and see the citadel. That's all I will tell you. Because it started like Abiri, Abu Uto, Abuma happened, Abikoni happened. You are seeing the future of Nigeria there. We will rebuild. And it will stand strong. And nations of the earth will come and say, how did you do this? And we will say, this is not the work of any man. This is the work of God because this is my destiny. Nigeria will be saved. Nigeria will be changed. And Nigeria will become great again. In my lifetime. Jesus' mighty name. Am I applying for a job? No, I'm not seeking one. But you need me. Because the technology is in my pocket. And I ain't giving it to anybody. God will make a way for us. You know, I can see them ganging up. We'll see how you get here. Read the rest of the story. Let's read this. And the children of Israel were mustered and given provisions and they went against them. Now the children of Israel encamped before them like two little flocks of goats. Taloa, no, but no. Like two little flocks. That's the way the children of Israel camped. <laughs> when God says, I'm sending you as lamb in the midst of wolves or as sheep in the midst of wolves, it's because the resident lion is on the inside. Do you understand me? While the Syrians fill the countryside, Go back, go back. How did they appear to the Syrians? Now the children of Israel, now the children of Israel encamp before them like two little flocks of goats. How about the Syrians? They fill the countryside. Then a man of God came and spoke to the king of Israel and said, Don't say the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but it's not God of the valleys. Therefore, I will deliver all this great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And they encamped opposite each other for seven days. So it was that on the seventh day, the battle was joined. And the children of Israel killed 100,000 full soldiers of the Syrians in one day. How many? Isn't that scripture? One of you shall chase. So one day, 1,000 was killed. The Syrians, 100,000, I beg your pardon. The Syrians knew they were in trouble, okay? But the rest fled to Afek and to the city. Then a war fell on 27,000. War fell on 27,000. A war. Who put the wall there? I don't know. A war fell on 27,000 of the men who were left. And Benhada fled and went into the city into an inner chamber. Kule, Jadeo. Kule, Jade, 
olori buruku chile kumari kule jade etunbe kule jade kule jade olori buruku chile kumari kule jade etunbe kule jade kule jade olori buruku chile kumari kule jade o he went into an inner chamber and locked himself up. <laughs> I will, I'll reserve the rest the next Sunday. Then his servant said to him, Look now, look now, we have heard that the kings of the house of Israel are massive kings. Please let us put sackcloth around our waist and ropes around our heads. He led captivity captive, made a public show of them. Triumphing them over it. Later, they will not put robes on their neck. You will not put it. They will put it on their own neck. It is your time. It is your turn. Your enemies will testify. And go out to the king of Israel. Perhaps he will spare your life. So they wore sackcloth one month around their waist and put robes around their head. Malu. Okay, I won't sing a bad song. I'll keep quiet. Because when we were very small, in the days of action group, they will put a rope around a goat and they will be pulling it on the street. Yoruba <laughs> people. And then they will sing another one. I will love Baba Olayinka, Mejeji, Nyuge. Their symbol was a hand. He said, Don't cut just one hand, or cut it two. I will love Baba Lion Ka, Mejeji, Nyoge. And the Akitala side also did not fold their hands. They started singing, Say, how do you know this? Uh, I was patronizing both sides and earning money. <laughs> oh, yes. Because they needed people to sing after them and they would distribute a couple of couple, two, two penny to those who would come. I joined anyone. I stopped going the day they cut off the hair of Bang Boshe, my friend. Where he fumed with a knife and his, his hair began to jump, I ran away. That was the last campaign I attended. <laughs> God had not saved my soul at the time he did. Thank you, Father. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you for saving me. All right. So they wore sackcloth around their waist and put ropes around their necks and came to the king of Israel and said, Your servant Ben-Hadda says, Please let me leave. And he said, is he still alive? He is my brother. Now the men were watching closely to see whether any sign of mercy, body language. <laughs> body language, you share better. They were watching closely to see whether any sign of mercy would come from him. And they quickly grasped at his word and said, your brother ben So he said, go bring him. Then Ben-Hadda came out to him and he had him come up into their chariot. So Ben-Hadda said to him, the cities which my father took from your father I will restore. 
And you may set up marketplaces for your serving Damascus. Okay. Merchandise your anointing. Let's just trade. I'll come to preach for you and raise money for you. you give me 10%. And when you come to preach for me also and raise money for me, I'll give you 10%. We'll continue to fleece the flock. Remember a man who came here, he later became PFN and can chairman. He came here for a sixth anniversary. And said, Thus said the Lord. The Lord said, If you are going to make it to your seventh anniversary, you must give a thousand and six naira each to the man of God. Uh uh-uh. How many of you were here that day? After the service, I took microphone. I said, God does not sell insurance. You will live to see the seventh year, eighth year, ninth year, tenth year. Don't give one thousand and six naira to me to buy insurance for one year. Well, you would have been, you see, if I had known, <laughs> I should have let them fool you. And I went to him in the hotel. I said, before you came, I already decided the honorarium. Even if you raise a billion, I would not have given a dime to you. Stop this practice. That was his last time here. Those are sharp practices going on. We are using marketing principles to run the church instead of taking God's principles into the marketplace. The cities which my father took from your father will restore and you may set up marketplaces for yourself in Damascus as my father did in Samaria. Then Ahab said, I will send you away with this treaty. So he made a treaty with him and sent him away. That was what brought the prophet. I said, injure me if you can, please. And he said, I won't. He said, lion will kill you because something is at stake here. And then he turned to another man who was wounded. And he said, well, I was here and there, watching here and here. There are stupid people in the church, foolish Galatians. They confuse emotion with compassion. Do you understand me? They do. And when you are operating in discernment, they will accuse you of unforgiveness. When you are trying to protect the life of the flock, they say, oh no, please, don't do it this way. Here is a stupid man. This man attempted your life and your kingdom twice. God delivered them into your hand. You consulted the elders and the prophet gave you direction. When he showed up now, you do not, you are now calling the shot. If David were like this man, they would have been long dead. Because twice in the book of Samuel, take take it down and read it for yourself. 1 Samuel 24, 1 to 22. And 1 Samuel 26, 1 to 25. 1 Samuel 24, 1 to 22. And 1 Samuel 26, 1 to 25. The Lord delivered Saul into the hands of David and he did not kill him. The time came when Saul said to David... Return my son, return my son, return my son. You are more righteous than I. God has given you this kingdom already, return. But swear to me that you do me no harm. With all that plea from the king in the presence of his emissaries. Listen to the verdict of David. 1 Samuel 27.1 1 Samuel 27 Verse 1. And David said in his heart, Now I shall perish someday by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines. And Saul 
would despair of me. To seek me anymore in any part of Israel. So I shall escape out of his hand. Imagine him saying, now that the king had granted me amnesty. Now that the king has said return. I will return. Then he will eat your body for breakfast. And wipe you out. Amao. Kule panimo. Kule panimo. Tolu abati for tiny honey. Kule Sing it one more time. As for him, he was not that smart like David. Rather than killing his killer, he entered into treaty with him. And it is the ignorant act of his that the prophet equated to multitasking. Hello? It is that ignorant act of his that the prophet equated to multitasking while I was here and there. Here and there. The enemy escaped. Or oh, you said, well... Uh, that's not really on. If we find that difficult to chew or stomach, let us examine the second passage we read. Luke chapter 10, 38 to 42. Luke 10, 38 to 42. Jesus said, Mary had chosen one thing that is needful. Mary had chosen one thing that is needful. What was Martha doing? She was multitasking. Luke chapter 10 verse 38. Or let me go straight to Luke 10 40. The two sentences that Jesus used to describe this millennium plague. Or millennial plague. Luke chapter 10 verse 40. But matter was distracted with much serving. So Luke, get up. You are the only three I can see here. Fisayo, get up. Rotimi, get up. Any other millennia here? Older sisters and brothers who are copying them? I want you to do two things at the same time. Are you ready? Look up and down at the same time. Try. It's called multitasking. Can you do it at the same time? Sit down. Luke chapter 10 verse 40. For Martha was distracted with much serving. Verse 41. Listen to Jesus. Verse 41. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things. Then you start pushing panic buttons here and there. Deadlines here and there. You've forgotten that you've wasted a lot of time checking emails all day. Checking WhatsApp at the same time. Picking the phone. I told one of my sons on the faith that I will not expose him. Great girl, great soul with a great heart. 
a, a genuine servant of the Lord. And he serves wholeheartedly. But is much more distracted by so many things. I said to him last night. I said, I told Mrs. B when you left my house. I said, you are very distracted. He's on the phone now. He's talking to you. Hey, yes, I'll get back to you in a minute. Yes, I said. Yes, sir. What do you say, sir? so much for listening we have to end it here today but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word this message will continue in a subsequent episode I pray that the truth you have embraced will not only set you free but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence till we meet again on this platform remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye for now.